Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T. Here at BCS, we talk about all things true crime. If you enjoy that type of thing, please consider subscribing. If you don't, well then, what in the heck are you doing here? You clearly walked through the wrong door. To my loyal subs, a warm welcome. Let me just ask that if after watching or listening to this episode, you find you enjoyed it or learned something, do me a favor, smash that like button. Also, if you enjoy my videos, please consider a patron. Patreon membership. I keep the price low at $1.99. It's an inexpensive way to help keep me afloat. Now, without further ado, let's dig in. Today, I want to talk about a Las Vegas cold case from 2003 that's being, quote, re-evaluated by the authorities for possible connections to suspected Gilgo Beach serial killer Rex Huerman. That cold case is also possibly linked to three other cold cases in Vegas that all occurred between 2003 and 2006. So the question becomes, was Rex Huerman possibly committing crimes in Las Vegas between 2003 and 2006. For this bed crime story, we have to travel all the way back to August 14th, 2003. That's when 19-year-old Jody Marie Brewer disappeared. Jody's case is the one that the authorities have said they are re-evaluating for a possible connection to Rex Huerman. Sadly, Jody's story somewhat mirrors that of the Gilgo Beach Four victims. She struggled in high school, but eventually earned her GED, as well as a grant to beauty school. According to her mother, Pam Brewer, Jody was very into hair and makeup and was very bubbly. But when Jody lost her grant to beauty school at age 17, she fell into the wrong crowd, started delving into illicit substances, and began working as an escort. Now, when Pam found out what Jody was doing to earn money, she did what most mothers would do. She freaked out. Yeah, I'd say that's the appropriate response, right? Wanting to implement some tough love to try and force Jody to stop this dangerous occupation, Pam kicked her out of the house. Now, for any parent who's ever done that, you know how hard it is. So I think Pam did this because she was at her wit's end and she wanted to get her daughter to stop. But when Jody turned 18, Pam decided to allow her to move back in. At that point, Pam knew that she couldn't really do anything about Jody's choices. She was an adult. So instead of icing her out of the family, Pam opted to counsel Jody some more about the dangers of being an escort. But by then, Jody was used to making a lot of money from just a few hours worth of work. She'd become addicted to the cash, and there was just no way to put the genie back in the bottle. This seems to be a common theme among these young females the money becomes almost like crack to them and they don't want to give up the gig because they don't want to give up the money. According to Pam, on the night Jody vanished, she, Jody, was going out and her newly dyed blonde hair glowed like a halo around her head. Pam describes Jody standing at the top of the stairs in their shared condo and looking so radiant 
so beautiful. Jody said, I love you, Mom. I'll see you in the morning. Pam, in turn, replied, I love you too, Jody. That would be the very last time Pam saw Jody. Jody never came home. After Jody left her mother's condo that night, her boyfriend dropped her off at the Harbor Island Club Apartments at 370 East Harmon Avenue near Paradise Road. It sounds like the boyfriend may have been acting as her protection or possibly her pimp. But when the boyfriend went to pick up Jody a few hours later, she wasn't there. A witness said that Jody got into a white car with California license plates. Now, of course, that car could have been a rental vehicle. Two excruciating weeks go by, and then on August 29th, a female torso is found wrapped in plastic and a sheet in the desert, 150 yards from Interstate 15 near the Mojave National Preserve. That's about 70 miles southwest of Las Vegas. The torso had a tattoo of a hummingbird over the left breast and an M with a star on the lower back. You know who's ever responsible for this has to be really demented and really determined. I can't imagine it's easy to do. I'm getting visions of the television show Breaking Bad. It's got to be very messy, and I would imagine you'd have to have some degree of strength and certainly a very strong constitution as well. But I guess with the right tools, perhaps the job isn't that hard. As I'm imagining all of this, my coffee is slowly inching its way up my throat. I just can't help wondering where someone would do this. Now, after reading about the discovery, Jody's mother, Pam, called the police, and she asked them if the woman had purple braces like her daughter Jody had. They told her they couldn't answer because all that had been found was a torso. Pam said, quote, I think the killer was out to commit the perfect crime and leave as little of her as possible, but she had those tattoos. She was meant to have them, end quote. So the tattoos were enough to tell Pam that that was Jody. So where's the Rex Heuerman connection? Well, according to Pam, the area in which Heuerman bought his condos was a prostitution hotspot. Brewer said, quote, It seems to me like the area that he bought the condos in was prostitution areas and that it would have been really easy for him, end quote. Let me talk a little bit about those two condos that the Heuermans own and owned. According to Clark County Public Records, the Hewermans currently own one timeshare in Las Vegas, and they previously owned and sold another one. The condo they currently own is a two-bedroom timeshare property at Club de Soleil, which is located at 5499 West Tropicana Avenue. That's about three miles from the Vegas Strip. Hewerman bought the condo in 2005 for $16,955 with his wife Asa Ellerup. As for their previous condo, that timeshare was at 265 East Harmon Avenue, which is now the Club Wyndham Grand Desert, and it's just 0.8 miles east of the Vegas Strip. 
Hewerman bought that one in 2005 for $51,298, and he sold it for the same amount in 2013. That property looks pretty darn nice if you ask me. Can you tell that I'm longing for a vacation? Especially one with sandy beaches and fruity drinks. So the Hewermans didn't purchase either one of their two condos until 2005. Of course, that doesn't mean that Rex Hewerman wasn't visiting Vegas earlier than that. If the police believe Hewerman could be connected to Jody Marie Brewer's death, then he would have had to have been in Vegas in August of 2003. Note that Rex would have been 39 years old that year. That would be sort of mid-career for most serial killers who generally start doing in people in their mid-twenties. In addition to Jody Marie Brewer, three other escorts in Las Vegas disappeared under similar circumstances between 2003 and 2006, and a Las Vegas law enforcement source told News 11 that he has no doubt that, quote, one person is to blame for at least several of those cases, end quote. Whether or not that one person is Rex Hewerman remains to be seen. Note that all of these young women, including Jody Marie Brewer, were one, working in Las Vegas as escorts, two, attractive, three, white, four, between five feet four inches and five feet six inches tall, five, three, had the middle name Marie, and six, three had dyed blonde hair. In an article about the cases that was written in 2008, it said the authorities back then thought the perpetrator could possibly be a truck driver. In three of the cases, dismembered remains were found in trash bags along highways in California, Nevada, and Illinois. I'm wondering, though, if the authorities have changed their tune about that truck driver theory. Let me tell you about the other three young women who vanished under similar circumstances between 2003 and 2006. 21-year-old Jessica Foster. She was last seen in North Las Vegas on March 28th of 2006. She disappeared from her home in the 1000 block of Cornerstone Place and hasn't been heard from since because Foster remains missing. Her mother, Glendine Grant, who lives in Canada, said back in 2008 that she believes her daughter is still alive and was abducted because all of her things were taken from her Las Vegas house when she disappeared. Grant said, quote, How did all of Jessie's things go missing if somebody took her? Foster had been an honor role student through most of high school and had never gotten into trouble before. In 2005, she went on vacation with a boyfriend who took her to Florida, New York, and New Jersey. Interesting geography. She moved to Las Vegas, Nevada with a friend, and that's when she got into the escort work. 21-year-old Lindsay Harris disappeared from Henderson, Nevada on May 4th of 2005. She'd previously moved from New York to Henderson with a boyfriend. Henderson is 15.8 miles away from Vegas via the I-515 South. Prior to her disappearance, Lindsay had been arrested five times for prostitution. Nineteen days after she vanished, 
Lindsay's legs were found in a grassy area a few hundred yards off Interstate 55, about 15 miles south of Springfield, Illinois. So someone either took Lindsay alive from Nevada to Illinois or took her remains that distance, but it took until 2008 for technology to identify her remains. The whole leg bit reminds me of the victim known as Peaches, whose remains were found along Gilgo Beach in Long Island and in nearby Manorville, Long Island. Of course, it's possible that multiple serialists engage in this type of thing, so there could very well be no connection. The fourth case is that of 25-year-old Misty Science. Her partial remains were found by two bikers in the desert off State Route 159, a road that leads to the Red Rock Canyon National Conservation Area. The remains were found wrapped in plastic and a cloth sheet on March 6, of 2003. That's exactly how Jody Marie Brewer's remains were found, wrapped in plastic and in a sheet. I'm not a detective, but it makes it seem like Misty's case and Jody Marie's case share the same M.O. I'm wondering why the police have only mentioned a possible connection between Hewerman and Jody Marie Brewer when we know that the authorities in Nevada have long suspected that whoever harmed Brewer may have also harmed Jessica Foster, Lindsay Harris, and Misty Sayans. Was Hewerman spending enough time in Las Vegas back in the early 2000s to have pulled off these additional crimes. If he didn't have a residence there in 2003, where would he have been cutting things up, if you know what I mean? Out in the desert? That's certainly a possibility. The desert seems to be a place where it's easy to hide a body, so it's probably a place where it's also easy to cut things up without anyone seeing you. Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories, do me a favor, smash that like button, subscribe to the channel, and please consider a Patreon membership. See you next time.